Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. A two, a one, two, hit it! Pump it up! Get hyped! Focus your inner chakras. Believe in yourself and the power of friendship. Tear the past aside and move boldly, one foot in front of the other. Grow, learn, and be loved as a member of your community. Because you are the cutest little ninja boy and you'll be damned whether or not you're an orphan with a monster in your tum tum it's the naruto episode of wizard of the bruiser yeah i couldn't i plea i couldn't have uh ta- i couldn't have keep playing talked the about song. it better than myself jake so i have no idea what you're talking about that was fantastic <laughs> yeah this is revving me up for this and i am i'm like i'm trying just like getting this is one of those episodes that is uh, it's 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 almost more exciting to me because i don't have as strong of a connection to this source material, so it's like, ooh, it's like Pandora's box doing research for this shit. It's like b- mind blowing. I mean, I have crammed on some eps uh, over the past week, even though it is kind of hard to like find like any one like the episode. I just kind of jumped around, found different episodes. And you'll have to tell us, the audience. Uh, my, and I'm putting myself in 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 the audience's position as well. What what these kind of what are the big hallmark moments? What are the big? What is the heart of this show? What is the the real reason for the season for the show also hi what's up i'm the fucking snooze and bruiser holden mcneely and i'm your awakened wizard jake young the hokage of facts <laughs> no seriously i'm it's the same way that you were excited for the dark souls episode i'm excited for this uh naruto episode hell yeah jake. i'm gonna switch off between naruto and naruto it's just the fact of the what it means it's the same way that i'll say manga or manga depending on whether or not people will judge me <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know I'm, I'm always trying to say manga when i like read about manga in our research i always like have to say it out loud like holden it's manga it's manga oh no 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 i'm saying when i talk to people who like i know are sick of insufferable weebs i say manga to kind of like hide to use the vernacular hide my power level <laughs> <laughs> um so anyways this is the the wonderful wild world of naruto and I uh, let's talk about first of all just to open it up. I always like to talk about our personal experiences with the with the medium. Because in this one, for me, I hate to let our listeners down a little bit here, but I'm not a suit. Like I don't really have a whole lot of one. I just uh, imagine a little Holdenator just holding a photo of you and tearing it apart. <laughs> I, I I essentially um I remember I think my first I was trying to think back. I was like, what was your first remembrance of? Uh, this show, and I think it was on the internet, people complaining or making fun of people who, like, go to school wearing, like, the headbands. I think that's literally the first time, and I was like, what is this headband? And I had to look up what the headband was and then found out what the show was. And then as I went on, I think my next uh, sighting of the show was actually Kevin Barnett dressing as the sensei uh, for a Halloween costume. Which sensei? The 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 Team 7 sensei, the one with the kind of tilted... Uh, oh, Kakashi. Kakashi, yeah. He dressed as Kakashi, like, really well, by the way. Like, a really good Kakashi. Um and uh, and then I was like, "What is this show?" Because I feel like this was kind of would have been my Dragon Ball if I had just grown up, like if I was just a little younger. Well, that's the thing is for Naruto is Dragon Ball for the generation that's a little bit younger. 
Ah, yes. And for other kids, it'll be My Hero Academia. And like, it's just this unbroken torch of shonen anime. The As we've gone into a lot of times, the Young Boys anime adventure series. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, 15 years. It was 15 years of continuous comics. It's so much. It's so much. 12,000 pages of manga. It's in 720 TV episodes, like eight or nine movies. So, yeah. So this is the thing. So when I kind of, I kind of had a re, maybe it was like almost partly because we started doing this show, but it was like um, a year or so ago, I got back into, like, I was like, I need to get back into anime. I just kind of almost made a personal effort to, because I was like, there's so much out there that I haven't experienced and I'm sick of being like at a party and someone wants to talk about anime, and I can only really talk about Neon Genesis Evangelion. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just like, that's not right. That doesn't make any sense. There's so much here. And so uh, I, I, I checked out Naruto while I was at my, uh, back when I was working at my day job, and uh, I would always have something on in the background. And I started Naruto from episode one and was just like kind of cramming it. And I watched like a several it's very episodes. Very crammable. Yeah, I watched like multiple episodes, but at the same time, it felt like. It takes a long time to get going in that show, I think. I mean, it really, like, you know, just to kind of really get into, like, they're so, which is very cool, but they're so untrained in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like, they really don't have much, like, many abilities. They're or, actual children. They're literal, they're actual children with, with, and they don't, they're just really, you really start at the ground floor in terms of them learning how to use their jutsus and, and, you know, become, like, awesome ninjas in the game, you no, know? This is absolutely... Um, I think one of the things that oh, and, and long story short, really quick, uh, uh, I, I was enjoying what I was seeing, but I was completely intimidated by the episode count, so I kind of just fell off. It's uh, for long running shonens like uh, One Piece and Naruto and uh, a lot of other stuff, um, even Dragon Ball to an extent, considering how much there's been over the years. Uh-huh. It, it's it's more like professional wrestling. It's more like yeah. something you kind of keep up with, not a a single work that you, or soap operas, or any other kind of thing where it's about the serialized length of it just being there week after week for you. Yeah, I mean, somebody even said in my uh, Twitch chat when I was streaming as I started talking about it, somebody was like, yeah, I made it my personal like mission to watch all the episodes, uh, and it took me two years. Yeah. Of 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 just steady watching. I mean, that is that's an intense uh, undertaking, and I think two years is probably pretty fast. I think that dude crammed hard yeah. uh, watching that stuff. So, anyways, uh, not to cut you off. So, how about you? Your personal experience with Naruto? Um, I fell in love with the with anime and the fucking weebass otaku subculture in America at around the same time that Naruto launched and was like catapulted to the top. So, like the the mania that people are talking about. Um, is really like I was there for it, like, and it's it just represents a very specific era in fandom. Um, everything from the cosplay to all the little trinkets and to all the obscure terms for how all the powers work to all the individual characters, um, the twists, the turns, the bad guys. Uh, I was literally I was a freshman in college. I was like, you know, I was just that kind of kid that just like. Because everyone's so densely packed in the dorms, you're, like, social even though you don't mean to be. <laughs> and then when it came time, like, in sophomore year to actually, like, make friends, I was, like, kind of a fucking clueless idiot about it. <laughs> and it wasn't until I kind of hooked up with uh, my college anime club that, like, all of a sudden I had a place to be and, like, people that saw me week after week. And part of that experience was everyone sat down and watched that week's Naruto that was, you know, ripped onto a video CD from some, like, BitTorrent or Kazaa. Uh, you know, uh, fan sub community. Shout out to Anime One. You're way better than Anbu. I'll say it right now. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so like for a good four or five years, like it was part of my daily routine that no matter where I was or what I was doing, I had to like get make sure I had caught up with uh, Naruto. And you know, as, as it was kind of the common ground upon which all the other stuff that was happening at that time was also. Um, was also growing so like at the very at the the foundation was naruto and then like everything else about otaku culture in the early 2000s kind of sprung up from there hmm. and then like a few few years later uh they did the dub of it so like actual children 
like its actual intended audience in North America got a hold of it, mm-hmm. and it blew up from there as like a as a global phenomenon. Yes, yes. So you were wait, you were on it before. Uh, okay, right. So you were on it before it came out in um, like on Disney XD or or actually no, before that it was Tsunami, uh, I believe. Yeah, Shippuden premiered on Disney XD and then moved on. We'll get into the whole thing, but you were actually enjoying it with the sub before it actually hit uh, North America. Yeah. Wow. I mean, not wow. It's just it was just fun. It was just yeah. fun. Um, so uh, okay, so so the creator. Let's introduce the the key players here. Talk about how this whole thing came to be, and then really get into the deep dive. Let's can... talk about this soft chinned, overworked <laughs> nerd bag, Masashi Kishimoto. Masashi Kishimoto, born in the Okayama Prefecture uh, of in Japan on November eighth, nineteen seventy four. Okayama Prefecture, very important if you're a lover of the show because that is totally the influence for what the village looks like and everything. A in, lot of in aging, the... like post war city construction mm. mixed with ancient Japanese castles and beautiful gardens. But that was the thing. They, they, he kept it sort of in a weird place in time because it sort of has modern time uh, influent elements as well as yeah. sort of ancient. It kind of goes back and forth. Um, it's home to... This This is ho- uh, uh, the Okayama Prefecture, a couple little tidbits. It's home to one of the top traditional gardens in Japan um, and uh, Okayama Castle. It's famous as the setting of the Japanese fable Momotaro, which is a story of a boy born from a peach that travels to an island to fight demons with the help of some animal friends he meets along the way, which I think may have some small influence in uh, There's Naruto. There's like eight different, here's the story of a particularly strong, feckless boy, folklore <laughs> legends in Japan. Also, he has an identical twin, this Masashi Kishimoto, named Seishi Kishimoto, and in fact, who also ended up becoming a manga uh, creator, and they actually got a lot of heat for um, what people felt that they were stealing each other's ideas, but they would they argued, you know, we're not stealing each other's ideas, we just were watching the exact same shit when we were kids, are influenced by the yeah. same shit, and are kind of the same person. So, and I, yeah, so identical twins twins growing up in the 80s uh just reading a bunch of if you listen to our uh dragon ball episodes episodes uh you know akira toriyama kind of blew up what an action comedy manga could do yes he was already uh drawing characters from his favorite show at the time dr slump uh, he was drawing a lot of uh, Arale, the, uh, the the little girl robot, and um, he was drawing uh, and Doraemon from the anime Doraemon. Uh, Doraemon is a manga uh, written by Fuji- Fujiko F. Fujio. Um, He's like that blue round faced thing. Yes, it was adapted to an anime. It's about a or it's a cat. It's about a robotic cat who travels back in time from the 22nd century to aid a preteen boy named Nobita Nobi. Um, there's a total of 1,345 stories created in the original series. Jake, what in the world? There's just so they just. They are. They make a lot of shit over there. They don't stop work. They work. They work hard. It's over a there. stereotype. Yeah, it is. But it's like it's so. The proof is in the fucking pudding, and the pudding's my research. That is an insane amount of work to output. That's ridiculous. Why would you ever do that? I mean, this guy sold toys for days. They're not. You know, it's a capitalist society. I mean, anyway, uh, Masashi though himself. I mean, with the with, it's an intent. How many how many issues of the manga? Like how many? It's a uh, seventy-two fucking volumes of this. It's it's completely insane. Not only that, but he even up until the end issued digital drawing techniques. So mm. like, uh, you know, he would hand color the color uh, covers to the to the uh, volumes and uh, the promotional artwork. He would hand cut the screen tones. Uh, you know, the little like gray kind of uh, printing patterns to do like different shades. He would like hand stick the screen tone patterns onto the page, which is like hmm. nobody was still doing that, hmm. even he, even though he was. That's he was, wild. Um, a it's... lot of a lot of his work, if you notice, is based on um, proper anatomy uh-huh. and proper perspective. While like Dragon Ball was a lot of like like for I'm using Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z as an example. You're gonna have to you're gonna hear a ton of that by the way because he was heavily 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 influenced influenced by Akira Toriyama um, and uh, Doctor Slump and Dragon Ball Z. So you're just gonna hear so much about uh, you're gonna hear that come up again and again. Um, 
so like uh, in the fight scenes where in Dragon Ball Z, people would be like zipping around and there'd be like really hyper exaggerated anatomy and like, you know, perspective and foreshortening. And, you know, it would be a little bit cartoony for exaggerated effect. Um, uh, Kishimoto, even in, in this carried over into the anime, the fighting is like they're still believable human bodies like interacting with each other. They're still like throwing punches and kicks, which... Uh, for the audience at the time that was used to like high-powered action violence, it it felt just that much more real. It was like a little bit darker that like a punch was a punch. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't Absolutely. just like zip around and things exploded. It was like actual two people trying to slug it out. Um, they were also a big fan. Uh, him him and his brother in elementary school were a big fan of Kenny Kuman. Kenny Kuman or Muscle Man, which is the a manga series created by Yoshinori Takai and Takashi. We know that in America Shimada. as Ultimate Muscle. Yes, dude, it blew my fucking mind, <laughs> man. If you all right, look this up right now. It's it's a uh, the acronym too. It's M U S C L E with like uh, in all caps. Um, and it stood for millions of unusual small creatures lurking everywhere. Muscle Man was sort of like um, um, a even more goofball Goku, like a super kind of clumsy. He was always kind of the last one called upon. Um, and it follow it follows that character around um, who has to win a wrestling tournament and retain the title of um, Prince of Planet Kiniku. But you remember them as, and it was created as a parody of Ultraman, by the way. So he's kind of goofy. But you'll remember it if you were a little kid. Back in like the the um, late eighties, early nineties, you'll remember these. Look these up. They're the little pink toys, the little pink um, plastic muscle men that you would uh, that, that you could buy in big packs. Um, it was released by Mattel around nineteen eighty five after the anime was over in Japan. Now, but I like to- I was just like, whoa, whoa, what? That's fucking crazy that they just like repur. I didn't even think about the fact that they could do that, but just repurpose uh, something that was from a television show slash manga in Japan and just like put it out in America without any explanation, you know. And I do remember how crazy those characters look. So, anyways, that was my little muscle ma- muscle corner. Now, I want to fast forward a little bit here, okay? Because I'm not going to lie. Masashi Kishimoto is a very talented artist and Mm. a dedicated craftsman who has produced a body of work that is unheard of. Mm -hmm. But really, he's kind of a boring guy. (laughs) And the thing is, is uh, his life follows an arc that a lot of people, I think, will will kind of um, will kind of uh, 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 recognize Uh because in high school and college, you know, he outgrew cartoons. Which mm-hmm. happens. He That's got into exactly sport. He got into sports for a little while, basketball and baseball mm-hmm. in high school. He was kind of kind of like, no, I don't need. I got into the same thing with like video games. So I was like, I'm, I'm yeah, yeah, I grew, I'm outgrew video games. Yeah, and see. Likewise, I feel like like a lot of nerds that were are listening to this right now, uh, a little bit later in their later teens, he got reinvigorated by uh, specifically Akira. Mm-hmm. Katsuhiro, uh, well, let me double check. He's, yeah, yes. Katsuhiro Tomo's Akira, because yeah. it kind of elevated what could be done in the art form that you loved as a kid. Even just seeing a poster of it was uh, enough for him to become interested in everything that it was about. It was like there was even he saw one promotional poster for it, and he was immediately like, "I need, I must imitate this. I must learn this." And so the exact movement of high-budget, adult-themed anime that, like, also we talked about in the Akira episode that, like, manga entertainment presents. Yeah. Like, this isn't your grandma's cartoons. Uh, Stuff like Ghost in the Shell Shell. and Jinro, the Wolf Brigade. Jinro, the Wolf Brigade, an anime thriller from 99. but uh, these are all yeah, set like in alternate mili- you know, history, uh, 1950s uh, Japan after Germany has taken it over. Yeah, super gritty, super violent. Ninku, another one um, about an odd-looking 12-year-old boy, powerful warrior from the Ninku School of Martial Arts. His style mixes uh, ninjutsu and kung fu, and he has the ability to control the wind. Jake Young, which would be is an interesting, interesting. Um, so, in, so now this new inspiration hits him. And it's kind of, you know, uh, taking advantage of what anime and manga can do and the stories you can tell while actually telling darker stories, more adult stories that reflect the, especially if you're a young teen, like the dark reality that you're just slowly being exposed to. So uh, 
he starts kind of focus refocusing on drawing manga and does a lot of adult work, a lot of seinen style uh, one shots because he wants to he wants to be a uh, you know he wants to explore he wants to he wants to grow up he wants to make mature work and he's very talented he's a very talented guy and he gets the attention of uh, the uh, the publishers of Shonen Jump. And so he submits to their, you know, they always have open like contests and audition, not mm-hmm. auditions, but, you know, talent searches. And he eventually kind of works his way into like the, uh, I guess, the farm league of like, you know, talented guys that just need a little finagling to, uh, to, 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 you know, to get focused on like a hit. And uh, one of the stories he comes up with is the story of a young blonde haired ninja boy named Naruto. Mm. Uh, it has nothing to do with the uh, show and anime and and manga that we love. Uh-huh. Uh, did you? So uh, he has the pilot chapter of Naruto made. He has like the same character design, the goggles, the like the collar, the kind of that tracksuit kind of deal. The Bart Simpson impishness literally on the first page. Naruto just pees on a a classmate's head, <laughs> just urinates on him after throwing him in a hole. And uh, the story itself is like kind of fucked up. Because uh, it involves Naruto leaving his mountain home to like make a friend and prove that he's not the demon that his uh, father was. In this mm. one, he doesn't have a demon trapped in him. He's the son of a demon. Um, and as the story goes on, uh, it turns out there's like a web of lies where like corrupt cops are like trying to like f- drive someone to suicide and murdering people to steal art and like. It it really gets dark. There's like a fun scampish thing, but there's fucking real darkness there, and uh, the thi- and it runs and it's like well received as a one shot like fun little like, uh you know here's a here's a nice short story by a fresh young talent whatever, and it doesn't but he doesn't he doesn't really uh it doesn't it doesn't get picked up as a series. Um, meanwhile, One Piece, uh by. Ochiro Oda? I, hold on, I have to double check. I wouldn't be able to tell you that one. Um, Oda, I'll just call him Oda-sensei, uh, who is one year younger than Kishimoto, gets picked up and becomes a huge hit. Ah. And he's super jealous. Because, <laughs> like, you know, being in Shonen Jump is, like, the big leagues. That right, is yeah. like that is the that is the one the one to hit. I mean, Shonen Jump and just the Shonen uh, genre is probably the most lucrative manga, you know, genre, right, to be a part of. And one of the things he, he battled with, too, um, once he was in art school and art college and trying to become a manga artist was, like, what what uh his what his exact style was meeting and he was definitely sort of battling with uh, an older style the adult what's the adult uh, seinen seinen he was kind of going into seinen he was doing he was also he was writing chanbara manga which is like the samurai sword fighting style and trying to get that into weekly shonen jump he's kind of jumping around uh pun intended to different sort of styles different sort of concepts cuz he also had a project to, to, were you going to talk about karakori at all that uh, was no. his first manga pilot that got a run in um Shuisha in 95 um and it earned his the uh Shuisha uh, monthly hop step award and that's what they give uh, Shuisha is like actually a larger publisher that runs a lot of magazines like Shonen Jump Oh yeah I'm not sure if it ran in Shonen Jump or not but Shuisha yeah, is the publisher behind it all my bad and uh it, it they give that award to uh promising rookie manga artists um another important key figure that enters the scene around this time too is his editor Kosuke Yahagi um and this, their relationship is this is all hearsay but it is like legendarily uh like I, I don't know how to say this but like in fictionalized accounts of their relationship it's Yahagi like literally showing up screaming at him to get his work done on time and like telling him when his stories suck and like forcing him to like commercialize and like get things like it more in a in a more uh uh 
popular context. Kishimoto says when of their first meeting, he introduced himself and then started asking me questions. He asked me if I was really prepared to be a manga creator. I obviously answered yes, but it made me think that this is a serious business. Because of that and other things, I had the utmost trust in him from the beginning. And you have to understand, apparently Yahagi was overseeing 100 different artists' work at that time. Uh, he said, you know, when you think about manga nonstop, it also starts appearing in your dreams, and I would often see Kishimoto since work in my dreams. I was hoping that dream would come true. They were like, they were just going back and forth. They had a bunch of different projects. Michikusa, which is uh, this slice of life kind of thing. It was a little too too much of a personal work. And then this action story called Asian Asian Punk. And then um, he wrote, uh, and then that's around when he writes that one uh, shot version of Naruto. But he's not necessarily like sold on that, right? But uh, Yahagi says, after that, Naruto was created as a one shot and both the reader reaction and the character were really good. However, in the one-shot, Naruto didn't have the nine tails sealed inside him, which we'll get into later. He was the creature itself. Because of that, it was hard to turn it into a continuing series. So we looked through all the works and decided to try to develop Karakori one more time. So then they get stuck on Karakori, this other character, this sort of um, more like... Uh, Brash, I think I believe the character's more brash, more kind of like uh, you know whatever, and um, uh, that it didn't go, it doesn't go well. It debuts in Weekly Shonen Jump in 1998, numbers four through five, and performed poorly. Kishimoto says it was a rough wake up call. Until then, we had been meeting in a private office. After the one shot ran, I was back to meeting him. In, uh, he's talking about his editor. I was back to meeting him in the lobby, like all the other newcomers. At the time I remember thinking they really know how to put a guy in his place, which is kind. I mean, Amazing. he's a young guy at this point still. You know, yeah. he's just out of college. Yeah, he was well, and his editor, what was twenty five at the at the right. time of their meeting. I mean, these are these are both young guys. Um, uh, so yeah, they're trying to kind of you know, and 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 then they dabble with even more other other. Uh, they they he writes a a, um, a sign in uh, the young adult style work called Baseball King and a mafia manga called Mario, trying to find better luck, and then that didn't quite work, and then one day. Uh, Yahagi called and asked him to instead develop storyboards for a serialization of the of Naruto with a reworked story and a world and uh, and world and produce storyboards for the first three chapters, winning a spot in the magazine. And uh, of this, Kishimoto says, "Now I understand what worked with Naruto that didn't work with Karakori. It's the main character. Naruto's smile is honest. Karakori's guy was a little too sly." So that was kind of fascinating. Uh, in an interview... So uh, I pulled all, all of this from an interview yeah. with both uh, uh, Kishimoto and his editor, uh, uh, Kosuke Yahagi, by the way. Just throwing it out there. Uh, let's. So uh, Yahagi works with Kishimoto and uh, the newer series, like according to... Uh, this is... I can't... Citation needed. I'm trying to like sort all the things I've, I've been researching. But according to, uh, according to my various blabbings, uh, mm. It was Yahagi that like introduced Sasuke and the uh, underclassmen and like so, opened yes. uh, you know made sure that Naruto had like a love interest and a rival and yes. like um, it kind of kept uh, kept Kishimoto's like seinen imp- impulses uh, in the in the lane the already well well worn path of shonen which works for a reason you know it's the hero's journey Japan style for a reason. Um, and, uh, but it's still that darkness, that adult edge that Kishimoto brought that I feel like really, um, made Naruto, uh, the hit that it was because Naruto, even in the first episode is a fuck up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, 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 and a, f- a fuck up in a town that does not want him. Mm-hmm. That does not, um, and I was, you know, and and to bring this up now, I mean, I was kind of interested in kind of in, uh, talking with um, some friends of like why this. I feel like Naruto is a very popular within the uh, African American community, and I feel like for a, a, the young people in that community watching this and seeing a, a society that pushes them away that does not want them, I think that really for resonated. reasons that you don't understand when you're a kid. Yes, and part of. Almost the entire meta arc of Naruto is is a secret being held from a thing he does not understand yeah. is is why they will not uh, welcome him in and kind of learning the context of the world that you were born into and like defiantly trying to change it. Yes. Um. So, uh, like so, 
honestly, the, what the first chapter reminds me the most of is not uh, Dragon Ball, not um, not uh, One Piece, not any other anime. It reminds me of The Simpsons. Uh huh. Okay. Naruto, like the first <laughs> is Bart issue of Naruto is super Bart, but specifically, <laughs> remember the episode Bart gets an F. Yeah. Where he's just trying to study and like slapping himself in the basement and like the facade of the like don't have a cow man eat my shorts is just like he's just a fuck up that really is trying and like just wants to be okay. And like Naruto is alone. He like wants to pass. He wants to be a normal kid, but he's an orphan. He's like he just doesn't have the talent. He has to work that much harder for everything he has. And like even and he finally breaks through. One of his teachers is like, listen, I know you act like you don't give a shit, but I know that's just because you're hurting inside and you want to be able to control your narrative. And being like the fuck up is at least a better story than being a failure. And like that's some real shit. Yeah, that's like that was not in other um, other stories at the time, especially when they brought it over to America. To have, like, uh, a kid's show really, like, go into, not, like, in the Nicktoons Doug kind of, like, no, I'm a loser. Being, like, no, people hate me and I fucking, it hurts. Yeah. Uh, That is, like, a super, that, okay, uh, we'll get into, like, more of the music, but uh, if you can click, literally, this is the original ending theme, Naruto, don't cry. This is, like, listen to this self-pitying bullshit right here. (laughs) Meanwhile, this was like the late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. Just scroll ahead. Scroll ahead. But like an empty swing, a sad boy in a grass field, a caged butterfly. Like, oh my God. And like, as the series goes and they introduce more villains and more characters, everyone has their chip on their shoulder. Yeah. Like, it's almost a cliche, but Naruto never really like defeats a bad guy so much as he beats them up enough that they'll listen to his speech about the power of friendship. <laughs> even like even like even like serial killers and super hitlers. It's just Naruto punching them enough until finally he's like, "I know things hurt you, but rather than making the world hurt, let's make the world better." Um I got I'm already frothing. <laughs> so Okay, so let me just get to let me get to the the reason I got into this is to get into the quote. This is uh, Kishimoto asking uh, answering a question from 2008 about what makes Naruto a popular hero. Uh, Perfect heroes are cool, but no one can really empathize or identify with them. Naruto often makes blunders and has weaknesses. Naruto feels inferior to his peers. He hates to be a loser, but he doesn't think about it too much because he hates to lose. And we all know what that feels like. I think readers see themselves in Naruto, and that's what appeals to them. They can empathize with him and his weaknesses. Now, I just want to get this out of the way. Just because Naruto made you feel better about being a sad boy doesn't mean that this is, like, Shakespeare. (laughs) It's just a really fun action anime that acknowledged that being a sad boy sucks. (laughs) Yeah, okay. All right. Like, even though I'm excited and I'm hyped, I'm not deluded into, like... Yeah, I'm glad I have this opportunity to talk about this stuff, but, like, dear God, like, if you're on a first date with someone, don't talk about the genius of Naruto, because it acknowledged that getting pantsed is bad. Unless he shows up with one of those headbands. Oh, those headbands. Okay, so let's get into uh, another thing that makes it good. Um, Although Kishimoto swears up and down that he did not, he was not influenced by this, 1998, 1999 was also the, uh, the birth of Harry Potter. Ah, Yes. And although I believe it when Kishimoto says, oh, no, I wasn't influenced by Harry Potter, I definitely believe his editor, Yahagi, understood that Harry Potter was big. And in a lot of ways, the direction he pushed Naruto was to make ninja Harry Potter. Because it's this, like, you know, it's this upstart in a world that already exists, Mm -hmm. hidden from modern society Mm -hmm. with its own rules about magic, its own, like, class system, its own special schools, and, like... The more he learns, the more he, like, gets involved in the society, he learns about, like, the secret conspiracies and wars and all the bullshit that led up to this moment. Um, And it's also super marketable. There's, like, you know, Harry Potter had, like, toys and candies and wands, and Naruto had headbands and fake throwing stars and action figures and all that. Um, That's that's the thing. uh, And and hand signals. I I think that that is such an important way 
to really get especially younger audiences in like you got to learn all these hand signals and you got to get like like learning all that stuff like i was even practicing them like i pulled up a chart of them and started like doing them all mm-hmm. like the different you know ones and i was like man i would have loved this as a kid this would have been like i would have been so into knowing all of them and being able to like pull off all of them play acting this uh character uh with my friends all another influence was uh the matrix um and a lot of uh that he actually uh, and, uh it was an inspiration for some some of the outfits that you see uh in in the show and that was right around that time and um and we mentioned this in our matrix episode another inspiration was jackie chan's films which he used in the action sequence uh in his action sequences the uh the double action uh sort of technique that uh they used in the manga and and in the show basically showing the same uh blow from multiple angles to like to really hammer home the impact. Yeah, And again, exactly. I, it's, it's what I was trying to say before is that a fight in Naruto was like that much more visceral than like a cartoon fight in any other cartoon where they're just like, you know, shooting lasers or like bopping each other. Yeah, it felt more intimate, the fights, yeah. right? It feels more like you're really getting in there and seeing like the actual deal, which I which I much prefer. And also even as more of a side note, you know, uh, Kishimoto, huge fan of Godzilla. And of course, we haven't really gotten into why uh, the deal with the nine-tailed fox and everything, but he wanted to be able to draw big, fun monsters in his manga. So he definitely added that element, I think, because of his... His, uh, his love for for that genre. Um, oh, and uh, a thing actually, while we're on the topic of like visceral fights and cool hand signs and all that, is something the Naruto series does really well is it gets really in depth about the magic bullshit. Yes, like they don't just say, "Oh, hey, like, hey, Naruto, you can like walk up walls." They'll dedicate an entire two episode arc to them learning. How, how they walk up walls and like what it feels like to have your chakra energy flow into your feet and you know how much concentration it takes and exactly how flowing the chakra in different ways affects the physical world around you. Everybody's power is explained, not because they're like, I mean, maybe because Kishimoto is just finicky like that, but more importantly, the reader feels what the characters are feeling. So when there's like a million stories of like people in various like martial arts clubs or like backyard school fights where the one weird anime kid starts like uh, trying to do like hand signs and ninja moves because reading that shit, you feel like you're learning. Yes, totally. Um, And, and, and so this makes use of the Chinese Zodiac tradition along with other things. Um, this had a, uh, the Chinese Zodiac has a longstanding presence in Japan. Um, they, uh, the Zodiac, uh, hand, hand signs all originate from this. Uh, it was based on the astronomy and calendars as well as the Wuzing, uh, teachings, the, uh, 10 celestial stems and the lunisolar calendar. That'd be the moon and sun calendar. So the Wuzing is, uh, also known as the five elements or the five phases or the five agents, the five movements, the five processes, the five steps slash stages and the five planets of significant gravity so here are the five different ones okay it's like a planet a element and an animal all associated together you ready for this Mm -hmm. venus is the metal uh venus is metal and white tiger jupiter is wood and azure dragon mercury is water and black tortoise mars is fire and the vermilion bird also known also uh referenced as a phoenix and saturn is the earth also referenced as the yellow dragon this was all created during the zoo dynasty back in uh 1046 BC and became kind of really big and popular during the Han Dynasty, second century BC to second century AD. So they take this and and infuse this into the the chakra types, which you know, lightning, earth, fire, wind, water, um, and that uh, that that is how you form the. Uh, jitsu, which is your mystical arts in battle. Um, and so that's how you, uh, to perform a technique, the ninja will bring out and release the two energies of chakra. By forming hand seals, the ninja is able to manifest the desired technique, which is like super cool to sort of get into the whole, like the more you, you know, that just gives you such a wealth of things to have knowledge about naruto with you know what i'm saying like on the schoolyard like like to come in and it like oh he knows all the he knows all the jitsus and he can make different jitsus like he knows them all because like like brody fucking learned them all weekend you know what i'm saying yeah no the way that um they incorporate all this 
uh, Eastern medicine and Chinese philosophy and Japanese folklore into the lore of Naruto, it, it kind of, it's the same, again, I'm, bring, I'm bringing it back to Harry Potter, the way that like England became a fantasy land in the minds of Harry Potter readers, all this Japanese ephemera, um, you know, kind of gave, gave it that much more of a hook for people in the West, which is different than like what a lot of people thought would happen to, for crossover anime, that if something was too Japanese, it wouldn't sell. It would be too foreign. While as uh, quite cleverly, like Kishimoto says, he did this specifically because he wanted to kind of win over the international audience. He wanted to be the next Dragon Ball um, by leaning into it, by actually doubling down on the Japanese shit and making it an essential part of the world uh, it totally worked. People were hooked. It gave, you know, it gave all this flavor, all these exotic spices that, you know, they weren't getting anywhere else. Um, yeah, it feels wholly unique to, if you, especially if you were not Japanese, you're experiencing it as, you know, an American kid. I mean, it, it's such a vibrant and unique and original world to you. If you don't, you know, because you don't know, you know, you probably don't know a lot about chakras and jitsus, you know? And I mean, you're like, this just feels like, again, like a Harry Potter where it's like, oh my God, this is, you know, of course it's all based in things that I, I think the Japanese people would kind of be more well-versed in and therefore less surprised by or less uh, absorbed into then but you know i mean i mean uh, it's really kind of uh, incredible you're just like where does all this crazy shit come from um and one of the ways that i feel like best exemplifies this kind of um this kind of lean into japanese-ness uh in naruto is the soundtrack um mm. it was uh toshio masuda yes. who was this anime workhorse from the 90s that did a lot of soundtracks he what he did for the naruto anime soundtrack was fucking radical because it combined like these driving like metal riffs with these traditional instruments like mm. the shamisen and the uh shakuhachi which is a bamboo flute um which was used in like zen meditation like when you think of like w like whistly like zen garden stuff it's that like it's basically a recorder that was used to play these like long ghost notes to kind of like aid in focus but the end results are super hype. If you can um, strong and strike, just okay. Whenever shit got real, it was Naruto versus some like ninja weird guy who like hated life, but then Naruto was gonna punch him and then deliver a speech about how life is actually good, you dongus. <laughs> uh, and this music would start playing. Listen to this. You're hearing taiko drums and like all this shit in addition to just a fucking power rock rip. Just blast it for like three seconds. Oh, you know he's about to unleash the technique that you didn't think he had learned, but he figured out a way to do it without doing it the proper way. Uh, so good. Uh, also the main Naruto theme, uh, also a classic, uh, Again, using the same kind of mixture of East and West uh, themes, old and new. Yeah. This is what hype is. It's like Ninja Turtles got some fucking formal education <laughs> of Japanese culture. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. So I feel like we did a good enough job trying to lay out the aesthetic scape. Of what um, made Naruto good. Sure. Now, can you give me, like, uh, for our fans that, that don't uh, know anything about Naruto, what are, what are the basics of, of the plot in this? Yeah, I can't. <laughs> it's, it's a soap opera at a certain point. You see, Jake, many years ago in the hidden village of Kanoha, there lived a great demon fox. When it swung one of its nine tails, a tsunami occurred. The fourth Hokage sealed this demon fox inside a boy in exchange for his own life. Well, Naruto was that boy, and he had no family because that Hokage was his dad. And the villagers end up hating him because they think that he's the demon fox, even though he's just the keeper of the fox, and that, you know, because his dad ended up dying and everything because of that demon fox. So uh, Naruto now sets off to become a Hokage himself, the leader of the village and the strongest ninja uh, of all the land, um, and have the villagers just accept him and acknowledge 
acknowledge him and be be cool with him. And that's kind of where things start. That's and then it just start. spins out like crazy. Other some other fundamentals to know are um, about Team Seven, which is um, his. Uh, you have to know his rival and partner Satsuke Uchiha. Uchiha Sasuke. Uchiha Sasuke. Oh, is it? Did I get it in the wrong Sasuke! order? And his Sasuke. And his and his love interest. Uh, uh, sort of like I feel like she starts as a love interest and then uh. becomes more of a partner because they sort of drop the love interest thing because they're like, hey, we don't have time for this love no, interest bullshit. Okay. We're too busy fucking being badasses. Right, this is Kishimoto admitted. Sakura Haruno, by the way, is the uh, name of the. Uh, Kishimoto admitted that he had no idea how to write female characters. Um, that's one of the kind of dark spots in this show is that like what kind of keeps it from keeps it from being like a universally beloved thing, like kind of a Studio Ghibli kind of thing. It kind of keeps it in the sad boy weeb uh, basement is the fact that there is like barely any good female characters in this um yeah and i was reading some no, no I, I, I know people are gonna like like yeah well, I mean, I was there reading... are plenty of strong female characters mm. there's plenty of capable female characters but the fact is is that there if you are a woman watching this show and didn't grow up with like a million brothers <laughs> there's very little for you to ca- latch on here yeah I th- even she you know the, it definitely got some criticism for for um it, the, the the female characters in the show even sakura haruno ends up uh, becoming sort Sort of taught by this like large-breasted uh, sort of teacher ha- and teaches her how to become a healer. Oh, Tsunade, yes, yeah, Tsunade. She's did. actually old though. When she uses her power, she gets real fugly. That's kind of <laughs> awesome. So yeah, she but she's sort of like this obvious kind of mother figure, and she's teaching her uh, pupil how to be a healer. Like all oh, like women can only be you know healers on the battlefield, you know, kind um, of a thing. I know I, I was just reading kind of some brief, yeah. some vague sort of. Yeah, I don't want I don't want to dwell too far into it, but I have to acknowledge that like you know. I not just come to praise Caesar. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, also, but, but, Hinata is the best girl in the Inza, and she ends up marrying Naruto. But even then, yes. every every sad boy. Whoa, whoa, spoiler alert, by the way. That's like the last episode of the whole. The sequel series <laughs> is about their kid. It can't, like, it's, it's fine. Uh, is that Boruto? Boruto. Boruto. Here's the thing. Uh, I've, I've been trying to figure out what people claim that Boruto in in like Japanese romanji like mixed whatever is it's like bolt like lightning like mm. energy but then if that's true then Naruto's name would be like Nolt and that doesn't make <laughs> any sense uh so yeah um the the kind of the general overview is is part one is Naruto right and part two is Naruto Shippuden correct right so and part one is sort of more of about Naruto working his way through ninja school while all this crazy bullshit's going on in the world with different factions and villages there's all these different villages that's the headband plate by the way if you look up a picture of like Naruto if you don't know what I'm talking about there's like a plate on it with an engraving that is like a symbol of your village and it's all about your allegiance to different villages like people who leave their village they might have like a mark if they're still wearing their headband they might if they haven't already taken it off they have a mark just crossed right through it like do you know the story of the headbands uh no um in the original pilot uh episode and in the first issue naruto is wearing a pair of goggles like a fun like steampunky you know it speaks to his adventurous and exploratory nature that he has goggles on his forehead and uh within the first issue of um within the first issue of uh, writing the new series, uh, Kishimoto, realizing that he'd have to draw this asshole every day of his goddamn life a hundred times over, was like, I don't want to draw these fucking goggles. Let's give him a headband. <laughs> but it's an important headband. This yes. headband means you're a member of the community. Yeah. I'm not a lazy weirdo that doesn't want to draw goggles. <laughs> so just like the evolution of Dragon Ball characters, like yeah. Frieza and everything. Um, so yeah, and and um, you know, part two is is you know essentially culminating in like the fifth great war, right? The fifth great war of the ninjas and uh, yeah, the, no, the fourth great ninja war where, where all the factions and villages kind of come together to fight against uh, essentially uh, the this great evil trying to um, essentially get get control of all nine tailed beasts. And by the way, so there are nine different tailed beasts. So then you also have that kind of a Dragon Ball thing, like a, a collection. But there, it's like how Naruto is is the host of the nine tailed fox. Um, uh, there are other hosts out there who host a certain beast, and these beasts are like. Godzilla sized, like yeah. we mentioned earlier, and they can kind of come. Can't do, what do they can come out? Do they come out of with the host enough, with enough training and control? It either consumes you and takes over, 
or you learn to master it. And a big part of Naruto in these hundreds upon hundreds of hours of anime is about him meeting other users and exploring how they've interacted with this curse. Yes. Um, there's a cool character named Killer B who's like yes. this rapper yeah. who like uh, does wrestling moves. He's instrumental in some of the climactic moments I know of, of yeah. Naruto. And of course his rival is instrumental. And while Naruto is trying to you know become this leader and become accepted by his village, um, Setsuke, right? Sasuke. Set- Sasuke is obsessed with um, getting revenge against his own older brother, correct? Yeah, this is I'm gonna I'm gonna play my hand here. Around the time where Naruto like merged kind of into Shippuden is a lot of the is when um uh the show stopped kind of being about uh Naruto and his journey and it became like Nar the Sasuke show. Yeah. Uh Sasuke was like moody, he was cool, he uh was a bad boy, um he like you know didn't suffer fools gladly. And he was a popular character. And, uh, you know, Naruto was so balls-to-the-wall successful, a huge money machine, that they were just like, you know, uh, this happened with uh, Dragon Ball as well, is Shonen Jump and the editors there were like, you're not ending this. You are keeping this gravy yeah. bullet train yeah. all the way to the end. My Like, you are. this is never going to end. And so the, the story just kind of like, just keeps, just, it just kind of meanders. And if you care about these characters, if you'd care about these people whose journeys and whose uh, desires you want to see fulfilled, you don't care. It's like wrestling. It's like a soap opera. It's like everything else. Um, you are just there to see your friends this week. Mm-hmm. So I'm not I'm not going to like be I'm not going to shit talk anyone that's super into Shippuden. I just could not handle the slog anymore and fell off around the time of the Sasuke retrieval arc. Well, taking it back to um, uh, kind of it's a little bit to its origins, now that we've kind of covered the the plot enough. Um, so it, it, it debuts in September of 1999, serialized in uh, uh, Weekly Shonen Jump, and it's a giant fucking hit. It's so big that it starts getting scanlated, um, uh, which is translated by fans, uh, before it was even available uh, as a licensed version in North America, Viz Media, which I bet you've probably heard before us talk about Viz Media before, they acquire the rights and begin serializing Naruto in their North American monthly Shonen Jump. Did you read any of that? The mo- the American Shonen Jump, it ran from January 03 um, and had its final issue in April 2012, but North America had its own Shonen Jump. Uh, I would read the scanlations or the most common way to read the uh, Naruto manga in America is on the floor of a Barnes and Noble in the manga section for hours on end while waiting for your mom to pick you up while she does other shopping at the mall. Yep. So that 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 uh, Shonen Jump, the American Shonen Jump, debuted with already successes like Dragon Ball Z and Yu-Gi-Oh! They were already big in America. It was a partner, Viz Media partnered with Cartoon Network, Suncoast, and Diamond Distributors. It's a shame it still not doesn't exist because I would be interested in picking up a copy of, of it if it was running currently. I, w- I, w- I want to get back into the... Okay, and there was also a billion jillion video games oh yeah i mean we can't i can't even get into that i was just going to talk about cyber connect 2 fighting games were like a classic party staple of like every anime con i went to the rosters would grow every year because this series kept introducing new characters there would be this fun thing where like they would introduce a new character who'd be super cool but the manga didn't reveal what their deal was yet. Mm-hmm. So like they would show up and just do like the two kicks they did in the show already. Uh-huh. And then like they, their rest of their move list would be kind of like whatever. Um, I, I wanted to talk really quickly about just its translation to um, anime. Um, one of the interesting things I found was that he actually, back when he was first working on his early mangas, trying to become a success, he met with a man named Tetsuya Nishio. Now, he was uh, a guy who worked on um, the anime translations of Jinro, The Wolf Brigade, mm-hmm. and um, he ended up hiring uh, Tetsuya Nishio uh, years year, and years later as the character designer for Naruto when it was adapted to an anime series. Um, He specifically requested Nishio. Also, um, the whole thing, the movies, both the shows, they were all directed by one man named Hayato Date. I I can't find shit on this guy. 
he he produced it. It was produced by Studio Piero and TV Tokyo, um, and it premiered in Japan on TV uh, in 2002 in uh, on, on Tokyo TV. Uh, but yeah, uh, it's it's kind of baffling. Also, I do want to say too, throw in there that just the first 135 episodes are adapted from part one of the manga. The remaining 85 of the original Naruto anime are actually new plot uh, episodes. That they d- created. Yeah, filler. Uh, now, that's... You know what you can't read on your Wikipedia sites, Holden? Please. I got these on weird Naruto wikis. What you can't read <laughs> is how hyped it was during the tune-in exam arc when Rock Lee dropped the weights and showed that piece of shit Gara not to underestimate someone just because they can only use taijutsu hand-to-hand combat technique. Jake, you got my ass on that one. Uh... Play the song, Beautiful Green Beast. All right, let's find, let's hear this Beautiful Green Beast song. Now, this is what, like, when when talking about Naruto, you have to talk about the fights. It's not just the fact that these are, like, powerful people fighting. It's that these are people with bizarre specialities. One guy has mastered his chakra to, like, create bone. You keep playing Beautiful Green Beast. Uh, One... (laughs) guy can use his chakra to like make water out of thin air another can like use his bones as weapons another can see in 360 degrees another can use his shadows and if his shadow touches your shadow then he can control your body and each of them have their own limits and so when naruto's at its peak it's not really about whose power level is highest though i'm gonna say by the end there's like giant monsters firing space lasers and doing fusion techniques or whatever but it's about cleverly like seeing through your opponent's limits and kind of revealing ways to use the hero's powers in ways they could not imagine and that moment where someone's on their back foot and all hope is lost and they come up with a solution out of their ass that you as a reader are like fuck that makes sense holy shit is super important um also, the reasons why people fight. People talk about, like, Star Wars and stuff. It's When when you ask people about Naruto, it's going to be like, oh, when Kakashi finally, like, faces down Obi- Obito in the uh, Shippuden series. Like, the fact that it is this kind of, like, anime soap opera thing where, you know, it drags on forever and, like, people do flashbacks and flash forwards and side flashes and... You know, oh, it turns out this guy wasn't the real bad guy. It was me, the actual bad guy. You idiot. You thought he was the actual bad guy? That was all my plot. I'm the actual bad guy. Oh, never mind. That guy's dead. No, we brought him back. Like, oh, at some point in the in Shippuden, they, the fact that, like, some ninja techniques can bring people back from the dead gets used a lot. Ah, um, So now there's, like, people who were dead from 100 years ago fighting. Um, and tons of just reading the like uh, the kind of plot outline for both series. There's a lot of like this person reveals to be this other person, and then like and then like a few lines later, be like, oh, and then that exact same person revealed to be a third and completely <laughs> different person. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's so again, this like I don't want to. The time you spent with Naruto isn't like the fact that it didn't hook me till the end doesn't matter. It's the fact is that these characters and these twists were there for you week after week, even if it had to be a filler arc. Hundred episodes just for Shippuden, twenty-one seasons of just Shippuden. That's not even the fucking main series. Yep. Which of which there are less episodes of two hundred or whatever. But um, I mean, it's fucking bananas. It was running all the way up to January of twenty fourteen on Toonami just a fucking few years ago. That's completely insane. I, I'm kind of shocked that they finished it. What do they do? Well, they didn't finish it. They moved on to Boruto, but I, I had people. But Kishimoto just wrote the screenplay for the first Boruto movie, and then handed off the reins to um, his uh, his main assistant. I know his surprise. It's some Japanese guy's name. Um, <laughs> the uh, I thought it was Clark Clarkinson. It's not. Um, <laughs> it was some Japanese guy's name instead. Uh, one thing I want to point out is yes. uh, when you think of a ninja. Do you think of like a guy skidding around in black pajamas? Um, you don't yeah. think of like a loud boy dressed in bright orange and blue? No. Um, so uh, the idea of the black clad, like the actual historical ninjas, were basically just some like forest tribes that would be willing to just murder people for money 
and didn't care about the rules of like proper samurai warfare. So they were just like, you know, like hitmen, basically assassins. And uh, they wouldn't like through shadow of night, like, you know, emerge from beneath a fake lily pad and shoot a dart in your neck. Right. They would just be like, hi, I'm from the forest guys that will just kill people. And someone paid me. So snickety snack, your neck is fucked. But also subverted that in the sense of like, oh, yeah, we also just like have to do chores sometimes for people because and just have yeah. to do like annoying day to day shit, you know, because we're just like the mercenaries. Ser- yeah, we're just like servants of the people like, um, you know, uh, and oh, at- but the pajama thing is because in Boon, in like uh, Japanese traditional theater, it was always the big trick, the big like what the fuck moment would be that one of the stagehands who was like, you know, dressed in, you know, you, you've worked on in theater before. Uh-huh. One of the stagehands dressed in all black, yeah. whose whole job is to like sneak around and not get noticed. Would, is the ninja. Would or... emerge from the shadow and be like, surprise. Oh, <laughs> awesome. So that's why you associate with that. Weird. Um, and uh- what Shippuden really does well is kind of acknowledge the fact that the society that Naruto was born into is a heavily militarized world of warring states where there's war crimes and, uh, you know, assassinations and civilian casualties and that, like, the fun... It's And that's what part of growing up is, is realizing that the swashbuckling adventures and the stories we tell ourselves as kids are a lot murkier than we think they are. And that's another thing that made Shippuden and Naruto... Um, uh, kind of more seinen like, made it a little bit edgier. Besides the fact that you know Naruto was a sad. In a, in a 2007 interview, Kishimoto said he was very glad that the American audience has accepted and understood Ninja. It shows that the American audience has good taste because it means that they can accept something previously unfamiliar to them. Uh, so I think he has a great, uh, great joy in his heart that it became such a popular entity over here. Just so huge. I mean, it's one of the most 220 million, like it's yeah. in terms of best selling books of all time, Naruto has sold more books than like, I mean, I think Harry Potter outsold it a little bit, but it is uh, up there. How, uh, are there other, uh, memories from the show you want to talk about anything else as we sort of get near the end of this, uh, this episode here? Uh, I already am regretting the fact that we can't acknowledge all the amazing characters. Um, it is, it genuinely is like a sprawling kind of showcase of these fun characters with their own unique motivations or like people that you thought were cool that Kishimoto gives backstory to and makes them even cooler in your eyes. I think that it's very cool that his rival, um, uh, I'll never be able to say it easily. Oda, One Piece guy. Uh, no, no, no. His ri- oh yeah, but oh, they Sasuke. are rivals. Yes, they have talked. He he said one of the thrills of his life was that Oda said in in print that uh, acknowledged him at uh, Kishimoto as his uh, rival. So that's kind of amazing. He was like, I made it. I, this guy hates me. <laughs> uh, uh, but also, um, yeah, yeah, Sasuke, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, his his revenge backstory is is his is fast is very cool. Is is really you know really adds so much depth to what's already interesting with with. Naruto and everything, you know, going on in his life. It's a really fascinating kind of, you know, it's all about like the personal and then the and then, you know, moving out to the society. Warring clans, like mm-hmm. yeah. It's um and I, I have to acknowledge the Akatsuki, who dry or the main antagonists yes. of the majority of the show have those cool jackets with the red clouds on them. And I don't care how old you are. If you own one of those, you're a cool dude in my book. <laughs> Wear them in public. I don't give a shit. Also, fun fact. I, I This blew my mind. Um, every time in the show, an Akatsuki member uh, took off their jacket to fight. That was the fight that they died in. Oh. Or lost. Or at the very least, like, got their ass kicked. And then Naruto... Punches him and gives a f- speech about how friendship is good. That's another thing that kind of blew me away. The, the I saw uh, a list of deaths in the series. It is a long list. It is and it isn't because again by Shippuden, like there's come back to life magic. Mm. But uh, the sacrifices that are there hit deep. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, it, yeah. Uh, uh, there's. There's so much more to say without just being like a full on like. And then in chapter two thirty seven, Guy Sensei reveals that he can open up the eighth gate. And, and who knows? Maybe we'll do some more, you know, bonus episode type roundups and stuff in the future. We could always do that and talk about. It. I think there was a uh, Naruto. Now the Uzumaki clan was actually based in the Kirakuge Nation. I think there was a Naruto uh, Bakuden. Uh, Bakuden. Jesus, what's wrong with me? 
the whatever the Ultimate this, Ninja Storm Four, the second series. What is Shippuden. it called? Shippuden. Shippuden. Uh, there was a Naruto Shippuden video game that was actually kind of a lot of fun that I watched like sort of a preview of and actually made me kind of want to get it. There was a sort of a cool kind of 3D fighting kind of yeah. game that's progressed really well and it would always it, it would always end in a big monster fight and that was kind of <laughs> awesome and um, there's definitely some really great uh, uh, other media that Naruto appeared in um, all over the board. It, it's just there's what there's like 11 movies. There's you know, just such an intense amount of uh, trading cards, video games, light novels. Um. But in an era where Dragon Ball was over and we and a hero needed to emerge uh, to fill the gap for angry, sad boys that wanted to feel the thrill of action and adventure, Naruto was there. And um, honestly, like, I'm glad it ended only now because... Uh, like there's finally like a new generation that have grown up now being influenced by Naruto creating like really cool shit. Yeah. And anime has never been more compelling. I hear uh, you've been watching Devilman Cry Baby. Loving it. It's yeah. so good. I'm totally going to watch an episode when I go home tonight and uh, make dinner or sit down and watch an episode for sure. So Gather the whole family around. I know. I tried to watch it with Lexi and she's just like, yeah, this is when the when the naked women started turning into nightmare oh, monsters. She was monsters. like, I think I'm good. I think this is one for you, not for me. It was very violent. She's like, it's, well, she just said it was too violent. She, you know, but, uh, but so good. It's great. Oh, we didn't even get into the fucking Rasengan shuriken technique. God, no. what are we even doing? What are we even doing? Um, what are we even doing here with this episode? I, I didn't know, but I had a lot of fun. I did too. It really this was a really interesting um episode to check out for me or, or to do research for, prepare for for me, and it makes me want to kind of go through and, and dig into it. There um, is a fan project called Naruto Kai, which is similar to Dragon Ball Kai, which was uh where they went back and kind of cut down all the bullshit in yeah. Dragon Ball to make it uh, more palatable for new uh, audiences. That'd be awesome. Uh, there is a fan project called Naruto Kai, which kind of cuts it all down to, I think, 80 episodes. And I hear that's actually uh, uh, a interesting and enjoyable experience. Even 80's a lot, but more uh, palatable. They're than... only 20 minutes a pop, man. Yeah, oh, I know. And that that's true. They they do run quick. They yeah. do run fast. But, whoo, that's so much stuff. And, and we hope that we did it any amount of justice. If you were a fan of the show, are a fan of the show, and, ha- and have an encyclopedic knowledge, um, it's definitely deserved an episode on this podcast. And um, I hope to continue to do more uh, on it in the future. May so. your Sharingan evolve to reflect the moon itself. Y- yeah, man. Um, faux 20. <laughs> Where can we find you online, Holden? <laughs> Twitch.tv forward slash Holdenators Ho. Also, 420 Lord Buddha God. Um, that would, uh, dot com forward slash dot gov. Uh, you can and- find me on Instant Messenger <laughs> at Black Hokage. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, you can find me on Twitter at bestjakeyoung. There it is. And uh, hey, if you like this and want to hear an entirely new show every week of our blathering shenanigans, uh, go to patreon.com slash whizbrew, and there you can get our bonus show, and at higher tiers, we'll send you t-shirts, and you can even tell us what to do episodes on. And I just want to go ahead and say, uh, now I'll say it a million times, but thank you again to all the people who have been patronizing us up until now. Um, People continue to uh, uh, patron us, and uh, it it really means a lot. Like, I mean, every time I get it... You're just saying that because you you can afford sandwiches now. Seriously, like every time I get an email uh, saying someone else signed on to be a patron, it, it it actually makes my life more livable. It makes this show more doable. And it really also just, it, it I take it personally in an incredibly positive way. It really makes my, my day brighter. So thank you again and have a good one. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. 
For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.